You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We are getting attacked, Nada, by some not-so-friendly fire. Doug is calling us out on Twitter, saying that we don't like the best thing to happen to the Hornets in the last 20 years, and we want to get rid of it all willy-nilly, and that we don't value the third overall pick. Then other people are following suit, saying, why in the hell don't you like it? I don't want to get rid of it for any of the things that you're talking about getting rid of it for. Where did everything go wrong, Nada? Because we decided to open up all of our options. Again, people are looking at this as a sit-down, the number three pick as a sit-down restaurant, instead of looking at it as a buffet. Again, y'all are just trying to limit yourselves to the roast, again, to the underdone pot roast and the underdone meatloaf and those mashed potatoes that just aren't that good. And here I am saying, there's an entire buffet, and let's go see if the filet mignon's over there. I am saying, let's just be open with our options, people. I'm not asking for much. And here's the problem. Doug is acting like we already chose the family dog, but we didn't choose the family dog. He named the dog already, and that's the problem. We don't need to do that. It has not grown legs. It hasn't grown arms. It hasn't grown a face for it to shoot basketball with everybody else on the roster. We could use that to get somebody that's even better, maybe even a better family dog. That's something that we could explore. And so while the third overall pick, I'm really happy that the Hornets got it, but we can use the value of the third overall pick for something maybe different than just selecting a player at third overall. I need people to stop telling me that I hate the third overall pick. Not, I don't know how you feel about it. Look at this point. (laughs) I, again, I am used to being the villain of this podcast. That's true. All I say is, you know what? Walker, welcome. Welcome to villainy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I don't I don't know what it's like to be here. They they usually hate me for different reasons, but now they're here for me. They're here because they don't like me with the the strong take of not quote unquote liking the third overall pick. We're part of the Locked On Hornets uh podcast and a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. So, Nada, I want to talk about something that we also were involved with on Twitter yesterday. Yes, Rick thank, thank you. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Rick Bennell tweeting out that among things the Hornets are exploring in the bubble, colon, more P.J. Washington at center, and more ball handling responsibilities for Malik Monk and Cody Martin. You seem to not like the idea of playing PJ Washington at center. I am one that is a fan of going small ball and giving PJ Washington the six eight uh, tree trunk at the power uh, at the center position. I would really like to see that um, because I thought it worked well in the spots that we saw it last season. Um, but you're not so open to it. No, I am not. Again, I saw the rebounding percentage. I see the rebounding percentage of one P.J. Washington. I've seen him get beat for boards by 5'9", Isaiah Thomas. 5'9". I got You're never going to let that go. Oh, no. You're never going to let them go where he's not paying attention. Isaiah Thomas is just a little bit more eager to get the basketball, and P.J. should have got it, okay? I get yeah, that. yeah, no. P.J. Like- should have collected the rebound. There were a couple of lapses in judgment on his part as far as how hard he needed to go for a rebound. I get all of that. Uh, but I, the Isaiah Thomas thing, man, I can't wait till we ever let that go. If that moment ever comes. 
Look, it, it's going to have. He's going to have to rebound like he's never rebounded before for an entire season for me to forget that. <laughs> I cannot let that go. Again, I just again, you can't let somebody. Again, you can't let five nine out rebound you ever, ever, so, ever, 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 ever. Here's why I like PJ Washington at the five. I okay, think let me you have some really potent offensive lineups that involve. PJ Washington at the five. And I think he can thrive. It doesn't even, it's not even just to open up things for everyone else because of his ability to catch and shoot and just shoot from three point uh, from the three point line in general, PJ Washington was actually very good in shooting in the restricted area. Just kind of pulling this up from nylon calculus on fan sided, this article written uh, by Ian Levy, by the way, so shout out to him for putting mm-hmm. out some good info. This was a written a couple of months ago, but you know, just looking at PJ Washington, you know, he shot 60 and a half percent in the restricted area this season, which is a nice job. And also I do like PJ Washington's ability to roll off of some powerful screens that he can set. We know about his body type wide, strong dude, even if he needs to use it a little bit better for rebounding, at least he's got the capability of being able to use it for rebounding. And I like him on those roles where he will dunk on you. I mean, that is something PJ does have in his arsenal. And also, you know, to be to have that ability to stretch out the defense with shooting the three-pointer, you know, what, what's there not to like? I mean, even with his assist, you know, he's a good passing big man already. And so I, I just don't know offensively um, what there is to not like about PJ putting him at the five with his ability to roll, his ability to pass, his ability to shoot, his ability to screen. I, I like all of that. And the Hornets actually had some pretty good offensive numbers when he was put at the five position too, um, with the amount of shots they were taking, the kind of shots they were taking. I just, it, it really intrigues me. I would love for James Brego to experiment with that a little bit more this season. And the thing is, like, when we start talking about this, this is the one way that Miles Bridges on this roster is sustainable. Because the only way, because again, at that point, it's no longer a logjam. This becomes one of those switchy teams that everybody likes. The, the one that can be much more aggressive on the pick and roll and just have everybody switch one through five. Now, the only thing offensively that I would, I, I agree with you offensively about what they can do. The one thing that I worry about with PJ Washington, and he said he's working on it because I believe in the press conference he had over the weekend, he said he was working on this, working on working off the dribble. Because one of the biggest things that we saw was when he put the ball on the floor and had to create in traffic off the dribble, it was almost either a turnover or a bad shot that came from it. So if he works on that dribble, works on getting the pick and pop, works on getting that handle right, then yeah, I can be one of those that can be swayed over to this to actually admit, hey, I was wrong. But until he works on the handle, until I see it, I just have hesitations on what, how far and how much life and basically how sustainable this mm-hmm. can become at some point. I mean, even defensively, I thought P.J. Washington got better as the season went on. And so while he's not going to be this huge shot blocker, I think it is someone strong enough to hold his position against bigger guys just because he's he's got a solid base, P.J. Yes, does. Yes, he does. And so I, I, I even think... You know, he's a smart defender that rotates in a smart way. I, I just, I, I like PJ Washington at the five, but you bring up the point of the ball handling for PJ. And yeah, he's not a shot creator for himself. That's certainly true. But Cody Martin and Malik Monk, as a part of the latter half, I believe, of that tweet mm-hmm. that Rick put out there, Malik Monk and Cody Martin, James Borrego is experimenting a little bit more um, with an increased responsibility in the ball handling area. And I would love this from Malik. 
I was one that has always been kind of on the side of a Steve Clifford liking Malik Monk playing the point guard, even when he went to the shooting guard position when Steve Clifford was gone. Um, you know, it just seemed like Malik Monk, he's got legitimate handles. I think he is a, I mean, he's a, he's a good passer. I mean, you have always been um, of that belief, even, even as a rookie, I mean, right out of the gate, I thought Malik Monk was a good passer and even watching film at Kentucky, you know, I, I thought he was good and that, that wasn't a, a big part of his game, at least what people were talking about, but I always thought he had great vision. And I think he showcased that when attacking the rim. So I'm all here for Malik Monk being a guy to possibly go in a pick and roll with PJ Washington and Devonte Graham, of course, is good in the pick and roll. I would love to see Devonte and PJ pick and rolls at the five. Um, but even Cody Martin being a ball handler, you know, I, I don't think that Cody Martin is a guy that I feel the most comfortable with the ball in his hands. I, I like his ball handling ability out there on the wing. I don't know if I love primary, uh, primary ball handling responsibility for Cody Martin. Um, but if that's something that he can continue to work on and maybe in spots and, and even was last year, but I just, I, I like the idea that Cody Martin can enhance on that a little bit, even if I don't, you know, trust him nearly as much as I would a Malik or Devonte or even a Terry Rozier. As bad as the decision making is for Terry at times, I, I still trust Terry handling the ball more than I do Cody Martin. It's funny you bring up the Terry question because again, if you have all these primary ball handlers, someone's getting squeezed out probably, or more people are getting moved off ball. And it just again, the more I think about it, and as you were talking, the more I was thinking. This is all an idea. This is, again, they're doing all of this to increase the margin of which they can win because as we saw last year, the margin for them, like the margin for error for them to win games was just so small. Everything had to go right. So if you're going to increase the switchability, increase the about the amount of position versatility for these guys, then this only just increases that margin for error. And also... It makes it a lot easier, or I would say it makes a lot it makes it a lot easier to select a guy or makes it more again, just the amount of guys that you can select at three at thirty two and at fifty eight and you could add some quality guys even though they may they may be at redundant positions, so it kind of scares me in that way because that means hey, maybe an Obi Toppin is really on their board like that, or hey. Maybe James Wiseman really is on that their board on like that. I just like it just opens up the possibilities of who they can draft so so much to where it becomes a really interesting discussion going forward. Well, yeah, I, I the two questions that I have upon hearing the increased ball handling responsibility, it, it could mean nothing, but just two questions that I have is how expendable does that make Terry Rozier? Because you could have Malik Monk, Cody Martin, Devontae Graham all as your ball handlers. And then Terry Rozier already has demonstrated his greatest strength to be catching and shooting it. And he's got $18 million for the next two years. Are the Hornets interested in creating more cap space? Do you trade a Terry Rozier or I, I don't know. I just think, you know, that would be make him a little bit more expendable. And then when you're talking about how it affects the draft, does that allow you, as you mentioned just there, you know, it, does that change your mind whatsoever about going away from a LaMelo ball who would be another nope. ball handler? Would it change your mind at all with any of the members that you could select to be in the backcourt? Yeah, I just, I wonder, you're right. Like it could open up a lot of things. I just wonder if it maybe talks you out 
of um, a ball handler in the backcourt with some of the things that the Hornets are working on in camp. No, um, not at all. Not at yeah. all. Not at all. Because again, LaMelo Ball, I think is the most talented guy in this draft. And again, something that I think we need to talk, we do need to kind of talk about a little bit is while I was, I'm okay with trading away the pick, I think we need to establish if LaMelo Ball is there at three, I'm not trading him for anybody. But again, the caveat yeah. is if, yeah. because again, anyone else, I'm really, again, that's the star. If he's not there, then hey, look, trade it, trade out. All right. I want to talk to you guys about DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, and they bring it directly to your door. Ordering is easy, too. You can just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside of your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities that we operate in safe as possible. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and $0 delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and and enter code locked on NBA. Don't forget that's code locked on NBA for $5 off of your first order with DoorDash. Mm-hmm. Have a couple more segments to go here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm not a big fan of grape jelly. I kind of, I'm a little insulted that you referred to me as grape jelly. I'm not a fan of grape anything. Now, I like grapes, but I don't like grape flavoring. I think it goes back to the Robitussin that I had as a kid. And I just don't like grape flavoring. Anyway, great to yeah, be back. Great to be back on the show. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Want to give you guys a quick update on the Hornets team store. They are reopening at the Spectrum Center for rollout of the new uniforms that I believe were released about a month ago and the limited days and hours that you can pick up some of the new unis. It's October 1st through the 3rd. That's tomorrow, by the way. So October mm-hmm. October 1st through the 3rd and the 7th through the 10th, all from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for you to be able to get some of the new Charlotte Hornets uniforms with the pinstripes that will be the uniforms for, what is it, at least five years, I believe is the rule. Before five years, yeah. Anything. Um, and you know, I, we've talked about the Hornets, uh, uniforms already, but if you do like them, if you don't like them, you don't have to get them. You can rock the old stuff. That'll be still uh, welcomed at the spectrum center. Once we're all allowed back into the arena to watch live basketball, but the Charlotte Hornets do have some new uniforms for you. If you do want to participate in wearing the pinstripes, the renewed pinstripes, once again, that's uh, October 1st through the third, 7th through the 10th, both from 11 AM to 3 PM. I missed working on Moorhead Street and then taking the train home where you pass the <laughs> Spectrum Center and yes. then going to the team store and just kind of exploring and then me- never really pulling the trigger only to make angry the employees that work there. But I Oh, you're like one of those people, of Walker. Cool stuff. Yeah, I couldn't talk myself into pulling the trigger on some of the stuff. Um, I think I might have pulled the trigger on a hat there one time and that was really about it. Short answer, yes, I have become that guy oh because I just God. didn't want to spend the Walker. money. Like again, and here, here you are pubbing the store, and you harass their employees. You make them work harder than they absolutely should, and then on top of that, they probably sent you some gear, right? Have they sent you any gear from the new store? Um, not the new store. I, I don't think that we've gotten anything, you know, jersey wise. Nothing like that. We haven't, we haven't, you know, repped the new logos or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've gotten plenty of gear before with the media drop offs, and so yes, uh, I feel guilty for not having spent money. Um, I did. I, I bought a hat, not, a, and I've got Hornets gear that I bought. Hey, in fact, <laughs> I now now I I can say that I contributed because. 
the most recent purchase that I made. It wasn't at the team store, but it was a Charlotte Hornets short sleeve hoodie that I purchased. Um, I think that showed up on a Facebook ad and I was like, oh my God, that thing is the sickest thing I've ever seen. I have to have it right now. And so I rep that all the time. So you know what? Maybe I harassed the employees, but at least online shopping, I pulled the trigger on that and gave the Hornets some more money. You're you welcome, know what? Michael Jordan. No, so so again, they gave again. We rep the store. We've done gear stuff, and we don't get any of the new jerseys. Now, granted, I wasn't going to be a fan of the jerseys. I was never a fan of the jerseys and the <laughs> pinstripes. But you know what? It would have been like, hey, Nada, we've again, we appreciate you repping for the Charlotte Hornets for so long that you know what. Here's a jersey just for your services. We, again, I didn't get one. You didn't get one. For all right. we know, they sent one to Doug in Nashville. And and again, they Oh, you know they lot. did that. You yes. know they sent him one. And that's just going to make me so angry. I have a weird philosophy. I'm, I'm so weird with jerseys. It, yes. it's, it's even hard to explain. The jerseys that I like to wear... I, I want them to be unique. I want them to be the jerseys that most people don't wear. So I don't want to wear the star. Like for for instance, Fair when Kimba enough. was in town, um, you know, I love Kimba. Obviously, I just want my jersey to be different. And so I wouldn't wear the Kimba jersey. Like if if I were to go back in time during the B Diddy days and Jamal Mashburn days, I want to wear the PJ Brown jersey. That's the jersey I want to rep. Where wait, wait, it's, wait, someone, wait. it's it's somebody that everybody knows and everybody loves, but it's not like you see a whole bunch of jerseys going around town in those. Like I have a Jeff, I have a Jeff Saturday Colts jersey. Like I have the center offensive line jersey My for the Indianapolis God, man. You are the jersey hipster. You are the guy. You are the guy that's looking for the deep cuts when the hits are right there. And you just I'm just trying not to beat the crowd. And the thing is, the sad part is, I would give you more hell if I wasn't the exact same way. So you have the same kind of rules then. Like I don't look as much as I love those guys. I mean, clearly yeah. all, all the great things in the world to say about Kimba and all the great things in the world to say about Barry. Aaron Davis, I'm sorry, pass me the PJ Brown, pass me the Elton Campbell jersey. That's the one I want to rock. Like, see, here's the thing. I want it like as someone that bought the Buzz City sleeve jerseys, my jersey wasn't Kemba Walker. It wasn't even Marvin Williams. You know which one, one mine was? Oh, Mine's no. was MKG. Okay. I was MK, yeah. I was an MKG guy. I love those Buzz City sleeve jerseys. I still have my Buzz City sleeve jersey. I will continue to rock said. Buzz City sleeve jerseys because you know what? The sleeve jerseys are probably the most underrated addition and the most misunderstood addition to the sweet. NBA uniforms ever. You can we come can, and fight me on that if you want. I'm not going like to. We, we, we can agree on that. I think those Buzz City jerseys are sweet. I'm going to go down a list of jerseys that I can think of at the top of my head to, to just show you. I mean, the NBA hipster in me was so strong <laughs> right oh, from geez. the get-go because the first ever jersey that I ever wore and repped hard was when I was pulling for the Indiana Pacers and as a kid on the floor of my dad's Indiana home, watching them take on the Lakers in the 2000 finals. It was not Reggie Miller, who I was donning and absolutely in love with at the time. It was one Jalen Rose. And I wore that jersey. I had that t-shirt. And it was the sickest jersey I ever had. It would then go on to some other hipster jerseys like a Joe Dumars dream team, the second dream team jersey. So uh, yeah, I had the Joe Dumars second dream team jersey. Uh, I had Antoine Walker jersey for the Celtics. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, I, what are some other ones I had? Uh, like Jermaine O'Neal isn't too hipster. No, 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 it's man. not. No, it's um, not. But I, but I did love Jermaine O'Neal. So I had those jerseys. Man, like, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that I had. Uh, like, Walker, here's the thing. Like you talk about your basketball jersey hipsterness. And I'm not, again, you are, in terms of basketball hipster, you're not soy drinking. You're not, again, you still drink like skim milk or something like that. You're not in the soy, <laughs> almond, oat milk levels of basically basketball hipsterism. You're close. You're yeah. close. Because again, had you said like, I got a Haywood Workman jersey from the Pacers, <laughs> then hey, I would have called you like straight up oat milk drinking, oat milk latte drinking hip basketball hipster. You would have gone oh. that level. So the thing is, if we're going to go with the Pacers more, like I feel like if I had a Jeff Foster jersey who get you. The oh, thing good is, Lord. The jersey. You Did they actually have. make one of those for anyone besides his oh, family? Dude, Pacers fans loved Jeff Foster. Oh, no. Absolutely loved oh, him because no. he was one of these weird you know, lifers with the team and would come in and play significant minutes, but he never had this huge role as far as scoring or the, the tantalizing stats. And so... Yeah, people love them. Like, that's the thing, though. You, you can't just go to the 15th guy on the bench. There has no, to be some can't. level of fame with the player. I mean, again, I, I always go to P.J. Brown because I feel like people loved P.J., but he was still probably people's third or fourth, maybe fifth favorite player on the team behind a David Wesley, Mashburn, and Baron Davis. So give me – so I'll go to P.J., who people love. Like, that's – that's the kind of hipster that I am. I don't want to go to the 15th guy on the roster. You know, I'm, I'm not going to don the Lee Nalon jersey, okay? Like, I'm not going to cool. even Eddie, even as much as I love Eddie Robinson and Lee Nalon, it, you have to have a little bit more fame than that. You got to have a little bit more self-respect than that if we're really honest with ourselves. <laughs> hey, like, we're not going to hate on... Uh, I, I'm sorry for even opening up the hate. Like, I'm saying that I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't wear the Lee, uh, Lee Nalon jersey. I'm not going to purchase it. But he had one good year with the Hornets. Like, that, you talk well, about... It's not even a little stretch it was like a little year that Lee okay. Nalon had and we will give him his respect for that one year look that'd be like saying I still rock the Jeremy Lin Hornets jersey like that's where we're at it's kind that. of a good one Nada I like that one <laughs> see that's enough fame that's one season it was a big season he was a key component for some of the wins that they had Nada I like it I, I'll, I'll let you don the Buzz City Jeremy Lin jersey if you want to and something else you need to don is the built bar. Uh, I don't know what you would wear. I don't think you should wear the built bars. You should probably just eat them rather than yeah, just wearing them. We are the Barcia boys. <laughs> That's what not is trying to make this a thing. You want a t-shirt uh, that says the Barcia boys. I think that's what you want to wear yes. and rep. Um, I'll tell you what, if you get those made, then I'll wear one and we can be lame together talking about Bilt Bar and just how good it is because it's a delicious treat that's also good for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Some of the other flavors, if you don't want the Cherry Barcia, even though you're crazy for not wanting it, the other flavors are peanut butter, coconut almond, cookies and cream. The original ones are coconut, toffee, almond, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's a bunch of stuff there that is fantastic. Plus, you get a free cooler with your purchase too. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON. It's all one word, no spaces. LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. One more segment to go here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And which, what, what I have liked to see a few more shards, sh- shards. No, I would not. Have, <laughs> that's not a shard. That's not a shard. 
It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So not if I were a Heat fan and I were to buy a Heat jersey for this team specifically, um, it might be to the tune of, man, I don't, I, everybody's too famous on this team. Like Jimmy Butler. No, you just get a Haslam like, jersey. Haslam you, jersey. You oh, do the Haslam. Yeah, that that's such an OG move. That, you know, I, I saw this tweet by Keith Smith yesterday. And he said that perhaps there's no NBA player in history that's more tied to their state slash city than Udonis's to Florida and Miami because yeah. he, he played high school ball in Miami. Then he went to Florida and won, um, did not win a championship, lost the championship game to Michigan State. I think he played one year overseas and then, of course, plays with the Miami Heat forever, is mm-hmm. I think a rookie along with Dwayne Wade and Dwayne Wade's rookie year. So I think, you know, that would have been the 03 class. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it, now, we hear, now here he is as a member of the coaching staff. Man, like, Del, is Del Curry the closest thing we have to that? Yes. Yes. I think it's, it's either. Actually, it's Dell or Muggsy, and like yeah. literally, it's Dell or Muggsy. But we don't, we don't have, we don't have the guy that grew up here that made a name for himself, that played college ball here, that then stayed with the franchise and then stayed here after. Yeah, like, then that's it's a cl- lot it's of it's Muggsy. It's Muggsy then, because remember, Muggsy was Wake Forest. Well, he was, but also he went to Dunbar, so he didn't yeah, grow exactly. up here. Um, and then I, but he still is an ambassador with the team. I think mm-hmm. Del Curry has to be the closest though, because yeah. he spent most of his time here. Now he holds a prominent role still as a color commentator with the team. Even if, uh, this is someone that went to Virginia tech, um, you know, it's, it's not, I, I still think Del Curry is like the closest thing the Charlotte Hornets have to be honest with you. You know, the most comparable North Carolina athlete that we have to the Udonis Haslam it's Julius Peppers because, yes. you know, he grew up in Bailey, went to North Carolina, was drafted by the Panthers, stayed here for forever and it retired here. Sour. Well, it, yes, he did. And then now he now he even has a position with the team. You know, the only blip on that radar is the fact that he wanted out pretty badly and it got kind of sour. And, you know, fans kind of turned on him because yes, they, they were questioning his motor. Um, on the defensive line, how he just was mailing it in. And so he plays with Chicago and Green Bay is still an awesome football player. It's crazy to be a part of two all decade teams. That's just freaking nuts. <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, but I think Julius Peppers is the closest thing that you can come to as far as uh, North Carolina is concerned. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And at that point, like Julius Peppers is the closest one. And like when we start talking about UD and, Again, he's the most – when we start talking about this, you start thinking about UD and everything else like that. He might be the closest thing, like, basketball has to, like, a Forrest Gump character. <laughs> like, he just has so many run-ins with so many different dudes of different walks of life. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I hope he writes a book. I really do hope he writes oh, a yeah, book Oh, yeah, that'd be this, sweet. This well, would be and, awesome. And the- well, and the toughest thing, too, I mean, it's damn hard to just get drafted by the team that is in your state that you played college ball because it's easy to play college ball and then go to the or play mm-hmm. high school ball and then go to the college team that was in your state. You know that I'm sure we could find a, a ton of people like that. But then, it, you know, the odds of you getting drafted by your hometown team, that's crazy hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so then, of course, you have to stay with the team really the entirety of your career, like Udonis Haslam has to be it, man. I, that, that is pretty cool uh, for him to be going through this. And then 
you know, with the Miami Heat Lakers game tonight, game one, not, I know you said this was going to go game uh, to uh, five, five game. Five and again, Lakers and five. Lakers and so five, baby. Are you going to go with the Allen Iverson Lakers matchup where the Sixers, they get one game at the beginning and then the Lakers go on to sweep them? Do you think the Heat can pull off what AI and the 76ers did in 01, win game one, but then lose the rest of the four? Oh, no, that's exactly what I'm expecting. I'm expecting that gentleman sweep. I'm expecting the one big haymaker that Eric Spolster and the Miami Heat have, you're going to see it tonight. They're going to win that first game. And then after that, I just think, again, I just wonder how much can the Lakers score to get just get away from them. And I think, AD, again, Heat, Lakers in five, AD ends up with the finals MVP. And yeah. I think we're going to get a big series out of Kuzma. Um by the way, the Lakers lost uh, the first uh, get the first two game ones of this mm-hmm. postseason run. They lost game one to Portland. They lost game one to Houston. Then they would go on to win all the other games except for the Denver loss that they had. It was not game one. Um, not I'm going to say Miami wins in seven. I'm going Oof. Miami Heat wins the championship and it goes that is it goes bold. the distance. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm going with. And I think Miami comes out and they win game one tonight too. I think they get things started on the right foot. Give me the Miami Heat. I love this damn team, man. And it, it's it's just such a fun team. And I still think as much as I love LeBron and it seems dumb as hell, it probably is to bet against LeBron James in this situation. I'm going to go with the Miami Heat and say that they win in seven and they win game one tonight with tip-off starting at 9 p.m. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. We always appreciate it. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA or really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.